This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Mitzvah HaSelech Tov, Parashat Shema Vehayayim Shamoa Urkovan al Mezuzat HaPetach Okay, we are doing the tour. Sima Resh Pehe in the tour. The tour says that the Mitzvah HaSelech is a positive commandment from the Torah to write two parashiyot on a piece of parchment. The Shema and Vayam Shamoa the first two paragraphs of the Shema, and to fix it on the doorway of your home, on the, on the doorpost of your home, as it says in the Shema, you'll write them on the doorposts of your house and all your gates. And a person has to be very careful with this mitzvah. As the rabbis say, whoever has his, his tefillin on his head and on his hands, and his tzitzit and his clothes, and his mezuzah on his doorposts, is guaranteed he will not sin. Hear that? All these things are reminders that God is there, God is present, and God is watching, and we believe in God. All these are reminders for us. And when you have all these reminders, what happens? It's very unlikely a person will sin. All these things are reminders for us to remind ourselves constantly because we human beings are very flaky. You know what flaky is? We forget very fast. And even now today, that's why men started wearing wedding rings. You know, men start away ready to go, otherwise they forget they're married. It's very easy for a man forgets he's married. He sees a pretty woman. <laughs> forgets. It's so easy to forget. So how much more so a person can't see God? You forget God. Imagine. If your wife who you see every day you go home, you forget her, how much more so a person will forget his wife? Is uh, is uh, Hashem. So we need reminders. What's the best reminder? Every time you pass a doorway, see God's name. So what happened was, unfortunately, we started rapping God's name. We didn't want, you know, God's name is there. Shin Daladir is written on the back of every mezuzah. But what happened was, they said, you know what? Maybe there's dirt around. Maybe they take, take people's diapers. And therefore, it's not good to have Shin Daladir on the outside of the mezuzah. So what we're going to do is we're going to cover it with a case. So instead of Shin Daladir, they just put a Shin. So people see, pass a Shin. You don't really pay attention. Shin is a Shin, right? Oh, you're just so used to having a mezuzah over there. You forget about the mezuzah. Seems though a lot of people kiss the mezuzah when they come in, they're just they're kissing it out of habit. They're not kissing it because they believe there's a God's name over there, Hashem is watching. But the truth is, every time you pass the mezuzah, you've got to think, Hashem is here. Hashem is watching. Hashem's presence is here. And that's the idea of the mezuzah. It's a, it's a reminder every time you go through the room. Same thing, but the way to fill in, it's right there. I mean, you can't get out of it. It's, it's on your head. It's on your arm. And yet, a person could be thinking about 50 other things when he's ready to fill in. So, that's, that's a human being. human being is, can have everything right on the person. Listen, we have a brick mila, and yet a person forgets. It's in our flesh. You can't get rid of it. It's in your flesh. And yet, a person can forget. And that is what we are. That's who we are. We are flaky. We are flaky. We forget. Even important things we forget. So, therefore, Hashem says, I'm going to give you reminders. You have Brit Milah, that's number one reminder. Number two is you have your Tzitzit. Number three is you have your Tefillin. Number four is you have your Mezuzah. And I'll guarantee if you do that, you'll never sin. And even then we sin. So even though there's guarantee over here. So the guarantee is you're less likely to sin. Less likely. It's much less likely to sin when you have all these mitzvot surrounding you. So the mitzvot surrounding us are our guards. They're guarding us. How are they guarding us? They're guarding us from Avera. They're guarding us from sin. It's an idea. Okay. Why? 
because the mezuzah has the unity of God in it. But Tamid whenever he comes in and goes out, he should remember the unity of God. But the fear of God in his face, not to sin. So it's, so it's really, it's a, it's a reminder, it should be a slap in a person's face. Every time he passes the mezuzah, is the God over here. How can I do this? Is a God watching me. How can I do this? Exactly what? Yosef HaTzadik. Why is he called Yosef HaTzadik? Because he was successful to run away from temptation. Temptation every day. She would bother him every day, every day, every day. And eventually he just ran away. He just left his coat in his hand, in her hands and he ran away. That is why he's called a Tzadik. Now look at this. It's a guarantee. If you put a mezuzah on your door, you would have a long life. And it's in the Torah. Laman in order that you and your children will have long lives. We may but not, your children have long lives. What a beautiful guarantee. Can you imagine? The person puts a kosher mezuzah. I've got to stress the word kosher. Because a lot of mezuzah today are not kosher. Unfortunately, it's a terrible thing. It became a business. Instead of being a mitzvah, it went from being a mitzvah to being a business. So today you can buy a mezuzah on eBay. Buyer, beware. <laughs> If you buy a, uh, a mezuzah from a person you don't know, you don't know who checked it, you don't know who wrote it, you don't know anything, you don't know if it's kosher. Because all it takes is, even though it looks kosher, you'll never know it's kosher. Why? Because you don't know if he wrote it for the sake of a mezuzah. So number one is a person going to write it for the sake of a mezuzah, for the holiness of the mezuzah. Number two, he's going to write every name of God. Every, every time he writes God's name, he's going to say, I'm writing God's name for the sake of the holiness of God's name. You'll never know what he did. And therefore it's very important to buy these things from People you know, people you trust, who've checked into it and seen who wrote it. So that's number one. Number one is if you're careful in the midst of mezuzah, it's going to protect you, give you a long life, and your children also a long life. that you and your children have a long life. If anyone does I hear about a person who's not careful in the midst of mezuzah, he cut through. His life will be cut short. The sin of a mezuzah, the children die early. Wow, that's a, that's a very harsh, very harsh statement. That's where we learn out that a woman also needs a mezuzah on a house. Say a woman owns a house, she also needs a mezuzah. How do we know? Because it's, she doesn't need long life. The Quran says, well, women don't need long life. They also need long life. And therefore, Torah says, in order you have a long life, put a mezuzah. We all need long lives. Everyone has to put a mezuzah. Even a child owns a house. How does a child own a house? His parents passed away and inherited the house. Child also needs mezuzah. He also needs long life. Everyone needs long life. Okay. So then the Gemara says a very interesting thing. It's the opposite of normal society. Normal society is the king sits in his house and his gods surround him. With Jews, we sit in our houses and our king surrounds us. Our king is on guard. Hashem guards us. We don't guard Hashem. It's an amazing concept. That's a famous story. It says, uh, Rabbi Yudha Nasi, the great Rabbi Judah the Prince, who wrote the Mishnah, right? 2,000 odd years ago. 1,900 odd years ago. And he had a friend. Who's his friend? The Caesar of Rome. Antoninus. Antoninus was the friend of Rabbi Yudha Nasi. Rabbi Judah the Prince. How did they become friends? They grew up as friends. How did they grow up as friends? It's a very interesting story. It says, Rabban Gamliel, who was the father of Yudha Nasi, there was a decree in Israel, no Jews allowed to have Brit Milah. So what happened was, obviously, he's a chief, he's a prince, Robin Gamliel, the head of the Jewish people, obviously he had a son, and he gave his son a Brit Milah. So the Roman procurator was scared to kill him. 
what he did is he said, I'm going to send you to Rome. Let the, let the Roman emperor judge you. So on the way to Rome, they, they stop at this house of a friend of his, who was the father of Antoninus. And what they did is they switched babies. So he gave a Jewish baby to the Romans to look after, and the Romans gave them his baby to look after. So he goes to the Caesar, and the Caesar says, You broke the rule of nothing, bring me now. You gave your son a break. So check him out. So you open up the diapers, and they see he has a break. So he says, Okay, go away. You guys obviously didn't break the rule. And the guy got confused. Your procurator got confused. So he sends them back, and then they switch back the babies. That's a famous story. Anyway, these two grew up as friends. Rabbi Huda Nasi and Antoninus grew up as friends. Eventually, Antoninus becomes the emperor. He loves Rabbi Huda Nasi. He sends him tons of money. Imagine, from the treasury of Rome, he's sending the rabbi money. He's sending him money. money. So the rabbi says, no, I've got to give him a present as well. What shall I give him? He sends him back a mezuzah. So Antoninus gets upset. I give you all these treasures. What do you give me, a piece of paper? He said, the treasure you send me, I have to hire guards to look after. The paper I sent you is going to guard you. That's a very powerful statement, you know what I mean? So, a person has a lot of money in those days. You put it in a, today, you put it in a bank vault, you put it in a safety deposit box, whatever it is. In those days, you have to hire guards. What are you going to do with all this money? How are you going to hang out? There's no banks in those days, no place, secure place. You bury it in the ground. If someone watched you, they'll take, steal it next day. So, that... Paper saves us, guards us. Hashem guards us. That's the difference between belief in God and not belief in God. In fact, there's a famous story. Onculus. Who is Onculus? Onculus was a Roman who converted to Judaism. What does he do? He writes a commentary on the whole Torah. He translates the whole Torah into Aramaic. So his uncle, who was an emperor, Titus, was very, very mad with him. And he sent a group of soldiers to go and arrest him. So what happened is, the group of soldiers go to Onculus, and they start getting into conversation with them, and he proves to them that our God is right. So they all stay behind, they all convert to Judaism. <laughs> the emperor sends another group of soldiers. Again, he converts them all to Judaism. The emperor sends another group of soldiers, and he says, this time, you're not allowed to talk to him. No one's allowed to talk to him. He starts conversation, interrupt him. Don't let him talk to you. So they go to the arrest Onculus, and he tries to talk to them. No, not allowed to hear anything from you. Don't talk to us. We're not allowed to listen. It's okay, it's okay. On the way out of his door, he kisses the mezuzah. Huh? What do you do that for? <laughs> so he gets into conversation with them. He says, your king needs all the gods to, to, to save him. Our king guards us. That was it. They all converted to Judaism, and, and this time this... The Roman emperor did not send any more guards to arrest him. That was the end of the story, a brilliant story. Anyway, that's the idea. The idea is the power of the mezuzah. The person has to make sure they have a kosher mezuzah. The power of mezuzah is it saves us spiritually and it saves us spiritually and physically. And that's what the truth says. The house is guarded by the mezuzah. As it says in the Pasuk, Hashem Shomrecha. God will guard you. And the rabbis learn now, Melech Shomrim A king of flesh and blood is inside and his servants guard him. But you sleep on your beds and God will guard you from outside. So it's a very, very important mitzvah 
um, of putting mezuzah, it's long life, it's guarding, fantastic. However, the Rambam, there's an amazing Rambam over here. And it's a very, very fascinating Rambam. Rambam says, if you put a mezuzah on your door for the mezuzah to guard you, it won't guard you. Because you've got to do a mitzvah for the sake of the mitzvah. The mitzvah guards you, not the mezuzah. The mitzvah mezuzah guards you. What does that mean? If I put the mezuzah on the door for guarding, it's not going to guard me. If I put the mezuzah on the door for the sake of the mitzvah, it's the mitzvah of the mezuzah that guards you. Because there's no special thing for a mezuzah. What is it? A piece of paper, parchment. There's a shema on it. No. It's the mitzvah that creates the angels. When you do a mitzvah, you're creating guardian angels. Those guardian angels are created through the mitzvah. It's not created through the mezuzah. So a person going to put the mezuzah on the door for the sake of the mitzvah, now, mitzvah will guard them. If they stop using the mezuzah as a security system, not going to work. So it's important to make sure the person puts all the right, right attention. But if you say the bracha, the bracha is a sheikh and shams, that's funny, you're doing it for the sake of the mitzvah. So if you put on with the bracha, but you don't put on the bracha, but a guy says, I want a mezuzah for safety. I'm going to put a mezuzah for my safety, then it doesn't work. That's what Ramam says. So it's not like a lucky charm. A mezuzah is not a lucky charm. You find people today, they sell mezuzah for cars. Does that work? Uh-uh. Mezuzah, there's no things as mezuzah for a car. A car does not need a mezuzah. Only your house, a place where you eat and sleep, that's a house, it needs a mezuzah. Unless you eat and sleep in your, mezuzah, in your house, in your car. But even then, the car is not the right, it's got to be at least six feet by six feet surface area. Unless you have a massive truck, a big truck, you may need the mezuzah. You live in your truck. Caravan. So, but it's got to be also permanent residence, where you live for more than 30 days. In it. Outside Israel, it's got to be more than 30 days. So if you go on long caravan trips, like for, I don't know, you live there for two, three months, some uh, pensioners, they go live in their motorhomes. Motorhome may need a mezuzah, because you're living there more than 30 days. So may need a mezuzah. Okay. So it's a very, very powerful, very important mezuzah. Is a very important mitzvah. Let's just go now to the Shulchan Aruch. So, what do we say? Number one, we said it's a positive mitzvah to write a mezuzah and stick it on your doorpost, in your doorpost. And a person should be very, very careful with this because this mitzvah makes you live a long life, helps you live a long life, and also live for your children to live a long life. Okay, now what he says, very interesting halacha. This is Ramah, Ramah says, Mikomakum. If you cannot afford to buy tefillin and buy a mezuzah, which one is more important? Tefillin. Very good. Tefillin is more important. You buy tefillin below mezuzah. Mitzvat Shehi Chovat Haguf Adifa. That's why. Because mezuzah is an obligation on your house. Tefillin is an obligation on your body. So the body, an obligation on your body counts first. It's closer to you. What's closer to your body or your house? And the answer is your house, your, your body is closer to you. because it's you. You is your body. So a mitzvah in your body comes before a mitzvah in your house. Very, very fascinating. So if you have not, you don't have enough money for a tefillin and a mitzvah, first buy the tefillin. Now obviously there's other opinions, because tefillin you can borrow from others. Mitzvah you can't really borrow. Because uh, you've got to give it back. How are you going to give back your mezuzah every day? <laughs> Take it off, put it back on. So tefillin you can borrow. So again, it depends where you are. If you're in a place where everyone has tefillin, then you can borrow tefillin easily. So buy a mezuzah first. If you're in a place where you can't borrow tefillin, obviously tefillin comes first. That's bottom line. 
So a person has got to be very careful with his mitzvah of uh, Why do you have to do and check your mitzvah every so often? I'll tell you why. Right, very good. So today, most people equate the two mitzvah. Just like every mitzvah, you should check it. Mitzvah every twice, every seven years. You should check it. Fill in twice every seven years. But the fact is, to fill in the Gemara says, once they're kosher, since they're sealed in the box, you can assume they're still kosher. That was the, the law of the Gemara. The law of the Gemara is you never check it for it. You don't check it for it. As long as you know they were kosher when they were written and put in the box, you can rely on the chazaka. However, mezuzah, which is outside the door and can get affected by the elements, and you have to check it. That's the problem. The problem is the mezuzah can be affected by the elements. However, a lot of times they would actually bury the mezuzah in cement, especially in places where the goy would snatch the mezuzah. Like you go to the old city of Yishlai and you'll see that they actually buried it inside, uh, make a hole into the doorpost, put the mezuzah inside the hole, and then cement it inside. Or you just see a little piece, a window, you see the Shindalid Yud, but the rest is all cemented in. And that's how they know where the Jews used to live in the old city of Jerusalem. Even though the Muslims have the houses, you'll see places where the mezuzah was dug out. Or sometimes the mezuzah is still there. So you'll know which houses were Jewish houses. That's how they know which houses were Jewish houses. And they try and buy them back. Because the guy has no... He doesn't have the right documents. Because he stole it from the Jews. In 1948, when they conquered Jerusalem, they stole these places from Jews. So it's interesting, by the mezuzah, we can tell they were Jewish houses. Okay. So now the question is, where do you put the mezuzah? So Torah doesn't say exactly. It says, Al on the doorpost of your homes. But the problem is, number one, it says, you'll write it on the doorpost of your home. So the Karaites and the Samaritans who don't believe in the oral law, they actually write it on the doorpost. What do they write on the doorpost? It doesn't say. You'll write it on the doorpost. What, is it? what do you write on the doorpost? It doesn't say. So they write the Ten Commandments on the doorpost. Hmm. That's not halakha. It's a total aberration. They don't have oral law. They don't believe the oral law. So oral law tells you. You don't write on the doorpost. You write on a parchment. And you roll the parchment from the end to the beginning. Some people do, do it wrong. It's very important to roll it from the end to the beginning. So as soon as you open it, you see Shema. End to the beginning. And you put it on the doorpost. It's attached to the doorpost on the outside of the doorpost. In the top third of the door. On the right side or the left side. It doesn't say the Torah says, Amizot Betecha on the Mizah of your house. And the rabbis say, don't read it Betecha, read Biatecha, the way you walk in. So how do you walk into the house? You would, people normally walk right foot first. So since it says right foot first, you put it on the right side of the door walking in. So it's interesting how it's all oral law. How you write the Mizuzah, oral law. Without the oral law, we're lost. Because the main parts of the halakha is missing from the Torah. You write it on the doorpost. You don't write on the doorpost. You write on the, on the, on the uh, parchment. What do I write? Do I write Ten Commandments? No, you don't write Ten Commandments. You write the first two paragraphs of the Shema. Shema Yisrael and Vayam Shemoah. That's what you write. You put, roll the parchment from end to beginning and put it on the doorpost on the right side going in. So that's how we know. Interesting how the rabbis let it out. Without the oral law, we would not know how to do this mitzvah. You would not do it properly. So now we come to where do you need to put a mezuzah? These are the places you need to put a mezuzah. Number one, the doors of the house. Shari Batim. 
Number two, Sharei Chatzirot, doors of your yard. Right? A person has a backyard. Does it need a mezuzah or not? The answer is yes, it needs a mezuzah as well. It's also used for part of your living. You, you come from your house, you go to the yard, you come from the yard, you come to the house. So it also needs a mezuzah as well, as long as you have a doorway. Most people don't have doorways into the yards. They have, don't have a doorway. You know what I mean? A doorway has to have a lintel. So you need two side posts, and you need a lintel as well. That's a doorway. If it's not a doorway, you don't need a mezuzah. So if you just have a post on this side and this side, but there's no doorway, the Ramam says you also need a door. If there's a doorway without a door, it's not really a doorway. What about inside the house? What do you mean? Um, a doorway, but without a door. So going to Rambam, no mezuzah. Going to the Rosh, Rabbi Rosh, you need a mezuzah. So what we do is we put it without a bracha. A doorway without a door needs a mezuzah without a bracha. Going to Rambam, no mezuzah. Going to Rosh, yes mezuzah. So we compromise. Yes, without a bracha. You can't make a bracha. Because Rambam says, no bracha. If you have Also you have these doorways, which only one side is a lintel. There's only one side, sorry. Sometimes you have doorways with no lintel. There's nothing coming down from the ceiling. You have just two sides, but nothing coming down. That's not a doorway. It needs a lintel over there. It needs something sticking out from the roof as well. And sometimes you have just this post coming out on one side. There's no post on the other side. So all these cases, you don't really need a mezuzah. You need a doorway for a mezuzah with a door, according to Rambam. But you don't put one on a bathroom, even though there's a doorway. A bathway. It's got to be... We're going to see. We're going to talk about it. It's got to be use of honor. It's got to be used for an honorable use. The room has to have honorable use. So you have a room which is like a bathroom, obviously not. Toilet, obviously not. If you have over there a washing machine, just that's all you have it for, a washing machine. It's not, it's not use, honor, honorable use. Bring in dirty clothes and wash the clothes over there. It's not honorable, honorable use. So it's got to be honorable use. But a bedroom, yes. A bedroom is honorable use, interesting. The problem in the bedroom is you've got to make sure the mezuzah is covered. If the mezuzah is inside the bedroom, you've got to make sure it's covered. Right? Any place where there's dirt, any place where there's marital relations going on, you've got to cover the mezuzah. So now we're coming to the places, so you need a house, um, a city. For example, the old city of Yushalayim. You go, you see the doors of the wall. There's walls into the city. Actually, it has walls, and it has a doorway, big doorway, Jaffa Gate. The Damascus Gate, all these gates, they have doors. You see the business over there. Amazing. So even garage is an honorable use. No, it is or not? A storage use, yeah. If, it, if it's store and honorable, it doesn't smell in there. They just put a car in there, or you store things in there. It's a storehouse. Storehouse has honorable use. In okay. Mezuzah. Especially if you use the garage to go into your house. Yeah. There's an extension of your house. Right. So you go into the garage. Most, a lot of people go through the garage and they go into the house from the garage. So you have to put mezuzah on the door of the garage, mezuzah on the door into the house. Freestanding garage that you don't sleep in. It depends what it is. Does it use for storage? Yes. Then honorable use. But if it's uh, dirty, it smells of, I don't know what, gas and oil and all that stuff. So if it's dirty. If it's clean, yes. That's what he says of you. Because it's used for storage. Outside, right? On the door outside, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying if it smells like, I don't know, whatever chemicals. It doesn't matter, because is it, is it uh, honorable use? It's honorable use, yeah. If you saw your car, there's honorable use. Even if it's not attached to the house? Yeah. It's not attached to the house. That's what we're talking about. Exactly what we're talking about. Kulam chayavim. All these things are obligated in a mezuzah. He talks over here about uh, yeah. places where you store your animals. You know. So you have a stable. 
He's a mezuzah. Right, imagine. All these things require mezuzah. That's, oh, now, what about if you live in an apartment building? Does the outside of the apartment building need a mezuzah? And the answer is, it depends who lives inside the apartment building. If it's Jews and non-Jews mixed usage, no. The mixed areas do not require mezuzah. So even though they say, you know, we don't mind if you put a mezuzah over here. You don't need a mezuzah. There's no obligation. Mezuzah, it's mixed usage. So only if all the people inside the apartment building are Jews, then the outside or mixed neighborhoods are required. Otherwise, you know. Okay, similarly, if a Jew rents out his apartment to a, a non-Jew, no mezuzah. So, so the mezuzah depends on who lives in the apartment. Can you put the mezuzah on anyways, or you have to take it off? It depends. Very good question. So I know I'm, my apartment building is being used by non-Jews. I have apartments with mezuzah on. Do I need to take off my mezuzah on? The answer is, it depends if they are going to abuse the mezuzah. If you know they're dishonorable people, they're going to take the mezuzah, rip it up, and burn it, or whatever it is, I'll have to leave mezuzah behind. That's the question. Are you allowed to give a mezuzah to a non-Jew? So we, we talked about the story where Rabbi Huda Nasi gave the Emperor of Rome a mezuzah. <laughs> How do you give the Emperor of Rome a mezuzah? And the answer is, he knew the Emperor of Rome was going to look after his mezuzah. He told him the whole story. Our God guards us. And therefore, he's going to put the mezuzah in a place which is honorable. He's not going to dis- destroy it. And that's what Rabbi Yosef says. If a non-Jew says, please give me a mezuzah, I want it. I want to put it in my house. You're allowed to give it to him as long as you know he's going to use it for honorable use. In fact, I know a guy who has a multi-millionaire friend who's Italian. He said, I want him. Give me a mezuzah. I love Jews. I love, I love Judaism. Give me a mezuzah. I want to put my mezuzah in my house. Well, I also believe in God that God protects. The mezuzah has protection powers. <laughs> Are you allowed to give it? So he asked me. Are you allowed to give it? So, yeah. Rabbi Yudha Nasi, that's what Rabbi Yudha brings down. Rabbi Yudha Nasi gave mezuzah to Antoninus. The emperor of Rome. So we see over here, given mezuzah to a non-Jew who look, you know, amazing. It's amazing. As long as you know, it's going to honorable use. So if you think they're going to rip it up and throw it around, you never know what people do today. So you have crazies. See a mezuzah. Okay. So if you if you're selling your home to a Jewish person, are you obligated to leave the mezuzah? Very good. There? So number one is you ask him, do you have mezuzah? See, I got plenty of mezuzah. Don't worry. So you can take a mezuzah the way. He says, I don't have mezuzah. And you know what? I'm not going to put mezuzah. So you ask him, if I leave my mezuzah behind, will you rip him off the door? He said, no, I won't leave him. I won't rip him off. Then you have to leave it for him. But you can charge it for him. You can try and charge him. Listen, these mezuzah are expensive. They, they cost me 300 bucks. or 10 mezuzah over here. Uh, can you pay me 300 bucks? He says, okay, I'll pay you for the mezuzah. If he says, I don't want to pay for the mezuzah, you have to leave them there. You cannot remove mezuzah from a doorway where you know a Jew's moving in. Why? Because we said, with that mezuzah, it shortens the life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, what, you want him to have a shortened life? So, therefore, if you know he doesn't have mezuzah, and you know he doesn't mind having mezuzah, you're allowed to leave your mezuzah on the door. What about if you need it for your own house? So you have to buy new ones. It's very expensive. So, mm-hmm. that's why you try to negotiate with him. So, listen, these mezuzah cost me a lot of money. Uh, well, a lot of people don't know, what they, you know how much they cost. They don't, they don't care. I don't care if I have mezuzah or not. So, you have to leave it for him. Even though you lose, you're going to lose money, you still leave for him. It's a chesed for him. Otherwise, he's going to have a short life. We don't want to do that. I just want to finish off with a joke. And the joke is a famous joke over here. Uh, the slalom. There, there's an international, what's it? Uh, the, they're skiing down the mountain. They've got to go through these doorways. 
and uh, there's an Israeli uh, who's a great skier, and he knows how to go through the slalom. He's going to be the champion. He's the world champion of slaloms. So one day he goes through the slalom, and he's last. So what happened to you? He says, some guy put mezuzah on every slalom. <laughs> he's kissing the mezuzah. <laughs> You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.